This how to make money bet in the NFL preseason edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win big. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. In the App Store or Google Play Store. This is Jerry Glanville, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking that money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog, Sean, we have, we have liftoff. <laughs> there is football happening on the airwaves as we speak, as you're listening to this. Yes. Let's fucking go. NFL is here. The NFL is back. Communists couldn't stop it. The National Football League is back and better than ever. Oh man, so excited for the NFL. If you like betting the NFL, and of course you do, that's why you're listening to this goddamn podcast. Make sure you head over to WinBet, W Y N N B E T dot C O M. We're going to hit you with some preseason betting tips. That's right, how to make money betting on the NFL preseason. Doesn't get any better than that. And not only are we helping you win money by our sweet, sweet uh, betting tips, but also, of course, a $500 risk free sports bet over at WinBet. Again, download the app or just visit winbet.com. The Las Vegas experience coming to you, whatever town you're in. You can enjoy WinBet. W Y N N B E T L. F G. All right, Kramer. We're going to be joined by uh, Adam Levitan of Establish the Run a, in a little bit here. Talk a little uh, preseason DFS fantasy strategy. A little bit of every little little Giants talk uh, made its way into the interview. We already taped it. We will be kicking it to there uh, later. But breaking news: we will be giving out some preseason betting tips. But Ryan, no, oh, no. Speaking of Giants news, I couldn't crowbar it into the interview. I I tried, you but tried we got really sidetracked. Hard, okay. Jason Garrett mm. just told us. Now this is from uh, Pat Leonard. Do you know uh, this uh, Giants beat writer? Yeah. <laughs> he's not. Uh, he's not in the list. Let's just okay. put it that way. Well, Pat Leonard just wrote that uh, Jason Garrett just told us to call him Coach as he walked off the podium. 
He said, good to see you guys. We said, good to see you in person, Jason. And then he replied, quote, we say good to see you coach. That's how we do it. What are you, you have a problem with him, him taking the reins from these puny reporters. No, I just, depending I, on who said it, I like, love, a, I love, I love Jason Garrett who has, who has yet to be humbled, even though his, his coaching record, lack of success year after year after year in the national football league still has an ego and chip on his shoulder. That, that is, that's not the all rise culture, Brian. I mean, I could see a Sean green scenario where someone he didn't like maybe mm-hmm. made a snooty comment to him. And he responded by saying, you can call me coach. Thank you very much. Uh, it didn't again. Mm-hmm. Now okay. the reporter is you telling don't know the context. He's telling the story. Of course so, he is. And, and we'll tweet out the video. So he's probably aiming it to his side, but it seemed like a pretty harmless exchange. Seems like Jason Garrett, maybe he's making a, a run for uh, a job at head coach. Is there a coaching controversy? No, what in New talk- York, someone like them. Jason Garrett that knows how to knows how to have guys not die, get in massive fights. Come on, Ryan, you have to pretend this, or you have to agree that's funny. I just as the guy who made fun of Jason Garrett for decades. Jason Garrett, it, it, honestly, it's the only. You don't thing have to defend Jason Garrett. Just it's the only thing that's yours. not funny to me because I'm terrified that the offense, it, all of the things <laughs> I'm saying about Joe Judge being the puppet master and bringing in some collegiate uh, coaches to help spice up the offense, and then I see the practice report of a more respected. Uh, Giants beat reporter, uh, or really, you 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 name the bottom of the barrel. So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think when we see the practice reports and we see the same shit, I'm a little worried. So I don't really want to talk about Jason Garrett right now. <laughs> I could give two shits that he wants to be called coach. He is a coach. It's in his title, offensive coordinator. Maybe it's not. Do you make uh, Ryan out on the field? Do they call you Coach K? Coach Ryan, Coach Kramer. Well, I mean, Coach Kramdog. It's funny, and uh, that's the second part of my point because yeah, you have to set the bar uh, early. You have to set the tone early, and uh, you know, team meetings just happened. Youth soccer starting mm. back up yeah. now that the communists have lost, and we're uh, we're going to be doing stuff again. And uh, step one, you can call me Coach. You can call me Coach Ryan. You can call me Coach Kramer. All mm. of those work. Any of those work. Now, if someone comes about, up to me, what about your daughters? Do you do you have to explain to them as soon as we step across these lines? I'm no longer dad. I'm Coach Kramer. Oh, they understand that. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. if you if your kid is calling you dad in a athletic environment, that that's a no go. Because there's already normally when a, when a, a parent's coaching, you have to be mindful. You don't want to play favorites or whatever, or be too hard on the kid. But it's that if anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just overall. But if you're if they're calling him dad, then that that's blurring the line. Exactly. So if the reporter called Jason Garrett dad, kudos to him for saying <laughs> you can call me coach. You can call me daddy. <laughs> Sorry, Jason Garrett. All right, we got some preseason betting tips. I, I guess we're chiming in again on the Deshaun Watson thing because of all the the reports were heating up. The trade talks were imminent between him and the Eagles. Can you? Here's uh, my stance. It, it, be honest, right? You're what? terrified that this can't happen, right? I I'm rooting for well here's the thing Deshaun Watson is really good so Sean this is harder than the Devonta <laughs> Smith situation and the skinny leg situation so tread lightly no the the accusations <laughs> are very serious I I guess I trust the Eagles organization that if they did end up bringing him in 
that they would have enough information that they Hi, felt I'm Howie Roseman that they felt comfortable <laughs> making him the face of the franchise. Kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, this seems to me like there th- so much more has to happen before he's actually traded in my mind. Again, like the criminal allegations haven't gotten figured out. He hasn't gotten suspended yet. There's still a open I I think here's the process that I see it actually happening. One, he settles a, the civil suit with all the uh people alleging uh, the uh, misproprietary uh, actions. Then he, uh, then he's suspended. So you know what you're getting into, and then he's traded. I don't think he. I just can't imagine a world where he gets traded with ongoing legal stuff before the other things happen. Because it's one thing to hear and do your own investigation, but you don't know how the league's going to react to it or the justice system. So I, I think that's a big part of it. It is funny how you can tell people are annoyed that the legal process and the commissioner aren't on the same schedule as training camp. Yeah. We're like, trying to figure this out before the season goes. Wh- why is everyone just waiting? It's like, well, they, I mean, wh- sorry. I mean, I, I well, and, and, and not to go super deep in it, uh, but apparently the NFL is trying to do their investigation, but it's tough because the ongoing civil, uh, the civil no suits are still happening. So the, the women aren't going to say anything to the NFL because they're doing the open civil suit. So the NFL can't close their investigation until the civil I, suit. I, not for my, yeah, not to talk too much more about this, but I just can't wait to hear what ap- actually happened. Cause it seems like it's somewhere in between. Like it seems like Deshaun Watson is a complete idiot and probably a, a not so great human being. But then also, it seems like there was a lot more smoke than there was fire. So it's like it, it almost sounds like one of those situations where like he was getting conned for a while, and like this was a, this someone was playing a long game here. And I don't know, maybe it was the Houston Texans trying to get out of this contract. I, I don't know. It to me, it seems like best he's not ca- playing this season now. I think. I think he's actually. I'm actually getting closer and closer to starting to think he's going to miss. More games than well, less and games. then again, if you're the Eagles, why rush it this season? You still have Hurts. Let's see what we got for Hurts. If Hurts sucks this season, that's fine. Then maybe you can look at the Deshaun Watson trade. But I just don't think you have to do it right now. And who is rushing the situation at this point? The Texans are better off having this drag through. I think. You think? I think you. I think it's. I think when the season starts, he gets put on it. I think he goes to an exemplist at some point because yeah. he has to, like organizationally. Um, but I like I don't see what like going faster would just be to help him. So I don't think anyone's too interested in helping out Deshaun Watson here. So well, and then which makes me think that he's going to like like they might not even getting or will they even get around to figuring out what his suspension looks like by week one? If not, he's missing games before his suspension even starts. It, it is weird, and I think the other thing he is he has been I guess to his whatever you would call his credit or or his version. He has been adamant that he wants any sort of civil uh, agreement, any sort of that thing, uh, a settlement for him, for there not to be an NDA because he wants to be able to speak his truth and share his side of the story, which according to my legal buddies or guys, I know that lawyers that it, well, no, they, they say it's like very unlikely that that ever happens. Like almost every time you sign, you you settle civilly, you sign these NDAs at, at the very least non-disparage. Well, that's why it's bullshit. Like his lawyer certainly would have said they're never going to go for that. And so like, it's just a PR move, I guess is what I'm saying. May, and maybe it's just him saying, if you say, if you do something that's unrealistic, uh, 
in the pub, the court of public opinion, where you don't know that it's unrealistic, it might, it, you might have that reaction of like, Oh, interesting. I mean, honestly, it makes me think like, that's what a sociopath would do. Like build the case that I am a good guy. I want to tell you guys what I, what happened, even though I, I the think, lawyer's like, no, they're never going to agree to that. I, I think the best case scenario for Deshaun Watson is that he's a guy who's addicted to prostitutes. I think that's the best case is that he was a guy who uh, hired all these chicks off Instagram for massages. Maybe there was an understanding that they were going to pay him for some sexual acts and maybe he took it too far across the line that that seems like the area we're operating in, or maybe these were some legit massage girls. Maybe they showed up and he tried to turn them to uh, you know, cross the line again. I, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a uh, juror. Uh, although I have been a juror. You're also not a professional masseuse. So you wouldn't know no. what's normal when it comes to a massage. <laughs> well, There was a video we <laughs> tweeted out of what he was requesting <laughs> and uh, a certain area that he, that he wanted. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but uh, yeah, he's one of those guys who will get penetration. He he was looking for a backdoor cut from one of the uh, masseuses, oh. according to the video. So, a lot there out there on the Deshaun Watson. All right, let's get to what people care about: betting on the NFL preseason. Kramer, kick it off. This one again, bread and butter, a staple, almost up there with the uh, March Madness first half unders. It is funny because most people would probably say you guys are a public organization, mm. DJs are chalky, square. square. And yet here we are with another all timer, right? Like our most famous trends on this show are all about unders and big dogs. So you can go fuck yourself kindly. Uh, Again, you just defenses are ahead of like, let's go start with coach speak defense ahead of offense early defense ahead of offense early. Then you sprinkle in uh, vanilla play calling. Can't let other coach see what we're going to do. Can't, (laughs) can't let them see anything wrinkle on offense. So offenses are super bland. And then you sprinkle in uh, it's the preseason. You're going to see a lower quality. And what have we learned about lower quality quarterbacks? The cliff happens after about 16 of them. So what do you think when we get down to quarterback 54? Yeah. All right. So take the under. Uh, obviously, again, you might be listening to this as you're watching the Hall of Fame game. Well, but hopefully it, it you're still on applies that under. the rest of the uh, the week one action. Right? Rest of week one, take the unders, and then you know then then we'll wait and see. We'll we'll see how we adjust based on uh, field conditions, how the players are adjusting to having crowds again. Uh, maybe we'll continue it. Who knows? And uh, and this one, another one, pretty obvious once you think about it. But underdogs. 53 and a half percent hitting against the spread. And that's, you know, one in doubt, just, just take the dogs here. You're getting free points. I mean, a lot of these games uh, with the exception of coaches and quarterbacks, and we'll get to those uh, tips in a second, but uh, yeah, I mean, 53 and a half percent. Cause you're getting free points on a game that there probably shouldn't, it should just be a pick them. So if you're getting a decent number of points, you should be taking them. Yeah. I think I'm less likely to blindly play every underdog, but if I was looking to play, yeah. you know, if I was looking to bulk play week System one, play. I, I might go uh, all in on the under or on the, uh, on the dog as well. This one is, uh, is, is really fun. And it's uh, again, up there with uh, staples NFL coaches. Some of these guys take it really seriously. Some of these guys want to win. Other coaches don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh is the goat of a uh, preseason <laughs> NFL. 
37 and 12 straight up, but more impressively, 33, 15, and 1 against the spread. Mike Zimmer, though, nipping at his heels. 20 and 5 <laughs> straight up, 17 and 8 against the spread. That fire, that fire truck's coming to put the put, put out these these preseason <laughs> heaters. Picks. Brian Flores, maybe he is a knack for it. I think he's 4-0 against the spread. Pete Carroll is a uh, is a dominant against the spread NFL preseason coach. 25-14 and 1. And then out of nowhere, we got to get our shit going mentally. John Gruden 7 and 1 against the spread. So, find these coaches, find these teams and ride it, especially Especially the Vikings, and we'll see uh, what their quarterback situation looks like because they've had uh, they've been dealing with some COVID stuff. But yeah, that is uh, that is Zimmer and Harbaugh. I'm I'm all over those. Yeah, and just to be clear, uh, as the Raiders coach this time, he's seven oh, yeah. and one, including six and zero oh in his last six. Last nugget there, all time. John Gruden has never lost week one of the preseason. <laughs> That's right. Week one NFL preseason <laughs> betting trends. Oh, and and more on the coaches. Belichick and Andy Reid probably uh, not good team uh, coaches to ride here. Fifty-seven, sixty-seven, and five against the spread. So that's like forty-six percent. Fade those guys in the preseason. Last tip, uh, and this one's harder to quantify, but <laughs> ride teams with veteran quarterbacks that are deep on the depth chart. Uh, that because. A situation like the Eagles, where Nick Mullins is the third string quarterback, he's going to get a decent look there. And Nick Mullins was just starting last year. He was starting like primetime games for the 49ers. He's not horrible. So these these journeymen, these veteran guys that are towards the end of the depth chart that are going to be getting a decent number of snaps, factor that into your handicapping. Yeah, it is interesting, right? Because typically coaches know what they have with those guys. They aren't looking to play them a ton in the preseason. They want to figure out that that battle between yeah. QB four and QB three. Uh, the problem is when they are QB three already. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind the angle. Well, uh, yeah, just and and take a look at the depth chart because to Kramer's point too. Uh, sometimes there are situations where there's a young guy, there's a new young guy that they're bringing in that they want to get a look at it. It kind of depends on the on the QB room. I mean, in particular with the you know like the Steelers, Big Ben. Obviously, they don't need to see what they have with him. Mason Rudolph, you kind of already know, but Haskins gets kind of interesting because he's actually had some NFL games. They want to see him. Yeah. So factor that kind of stuff in uh, the the QB rotation, and especially QBs that have had decent runs in the NFL. Or I mean, again, decent by you know like not completely horrible. And uh, real quick, just just to add, not necessarily like a preseason trend, but just kind of a a prediction. Uh, some of these coaches, I think, are going to try really hard in this first game, whether or not their team that can do it. I, and Dan Campbell at the Lions, that's that's <laughs> when I'm just kind of circling. I don't know if you saw, I tweeted out yes. today. Uh, just seems like a guy that isn't going to understand. Uh, that this is August and they, it's a they were talking game. about uh, Dan Campbell's uh, caffeine consumption and he has two forty, I, I think the two, two red eye were two double red eyes, two double one? venti red eyes. So that's two extra large coffees with each two shots in them. The the reporter tweeted out that a venti is forty ounces. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Is he we a gotta, Starbucks diet? You know but still, that's an insane amount of caffeine. How does this guy not have I, a heart attack? I'm gonna pull the audio for the the next show because he he finishes by saying, and that's how I start my day. <laughs> 
<laughs> he is. Oh man, we got to get Dan Campbell on the podcast. Hopefully, he's not in the league uh, too long because I, I'm as sure as soon as he's out of the league, he'll be down to do the show. I'm, I'm sure. The other guy I want to point out um, because he has a little John Gruden in him, right? He has a little of that football guy in him. Urban Meyer Ooh, could take uh, preseason real serious. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, There's a little back and forth between uh, Pro Football Doc and some Jags fans after he alluded to the fact that maybe uh, Urban Meyer was doing the Oklahoma drill down there in Jacksonville on one-on-one day, <laughs> which I guess you're not allowed to do the Oklahoma drill anymore. Anyway, long story short, if he's out there getting professionals to smash their faces uh, into each other, he's very, playing hard week one. Well, the last coach to make news doing that was Dan Campbell in <laughs> Miami when he took over. So I love, I think those, that's going to be two teams. I'm just going to, who knows what the spread will be, but g- give me that because yeah, th- that's great. That that's wins going to matter to that. I, am I missing any other first time coaches that would fit that? Like Robert Sala doesn't really f- he, Sirianni, uh, Sirianni. I'm not getting a feel one way. Arthur or the other. Smith doesn't strike me as like a chew kneecaps football coach guy. So David Cully. That's that the Texan situation is like completely <laughs> Save off the for the regular season ride. You God damn. They got to rest no, this, their starters. This, this is preseason week one. <laughs> this is that's all I'm focused on, Sean. One week at a time. One week at a time. All right, Ryan, let's uh, hear about our buddies over at Paramount Plus. All right, the summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart pounding drama from CBS Sports, including the UEFA Champions League, Europa League. Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasileiro, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, CONCACAF qualifiers, which features the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national teams, plus much more. It's all the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. Be part of it. The, The excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's Game lives here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. Also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Maybe you got some of those Champions League futures you want to unload and get some real football tickets. Again, the uh, great thing about uh, PropSwap is you don't need to win. Okay, you can win by just having your bet improve. In odds, it's just that simple. Let's say you take the Falcons at eighty to one, or e- the Eagles eighty to one. They win a couple games early. They actually play each other week one, so that could be an easy way to get some value. Again, as the uh, as the odds decrease, the ticket you're holding increases in value. The average seller on PropSwap makes over five hundred dollars per month just buying and selling tickets. And again, don't be afraid to go for two. Buy two tickets at the same time, sell one for a profit, and then keep one so you can sweat it out like a true. Hashtag Dejans only. Get started today. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Joining us on the line, he's the co-founder of Establish the Run, Adam Levitan. Adam, how excited are you? Not only do we get football, but preseason NFL is back. I know last year you guys are like us, kind of jonesing for uh, preseason action. Uh, yeah, I mean, last year was a disaster without preseason. I mean, not just because I love playing preseason DFS, but I think you actually can learn a lot about how coaches plan to use players in the regular season during the preseason. Even, even though a lot of people think that's that's not true, it really is true. And so 
Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the preseason. I think it's fun and, and just playing fantasy sports on football is just like the best thing in the world. Yeah, no, I mean, again, it's great. We get, we get three games and, and obviously the hall of fame game tossed in there. It used to be pretty easy or, or there was more like a standard formula with the four games game one. They usually let the uh, first team one series game two, a quarter game three was the dress rehearsal game. They played the whole first half game four. It's it's no starters. Have you guys kind of figured out uh, how these coaches are going to approach when they play the guys, how many, it, it seems like different coaches are taking a different approach. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's going to be more on a case by case basis this year. I think certain coaches are going to do different things. And there's also a gap this year between the last preseason game and week one in the past, it was preseason week four, then right into the regular season this week, this year, there's going to be almost three weeks off. I believe two and a half weeks off before the final uh, in between the final regular season, the final preseason game and the first regular season game. And so coaches can do a lot of stuff. I think some, most will sit most of their starters for most of week one. I think we'll see a lot of them play in week two and in week three, you could see more starters play than usual, but still not a lot. I think week two is going to end up being the big one for the starters. But yeah, I mean, part of the job is, is going through and figuring out what each team's plan is. And obviously a lot goes into that with trying to kind of sift through all the noise and find out what's real from the coaches. Yeah, no. And again, that's why you should get the establish the run. I mean, get all their products, but uh, especially the preseason, if you're dabbling at all in the preseason, you got to get it. Cause it is. I mean, I, I try and keep up on the beat writers and who's writing about what, but it's, you guys do a great job of collecting all that and have like one list. I was just updating my lineup. Cause I, you know, for the hall of fame game, I had Ray, Ray McLeod. I missed that. He wasn't uh, practicing uh, the other day there. And it's, it's tough, especially if you said it a couple days and, and the preseason, a lot of this is kind of last We got second. too excited Monday previewing yeah. the hall of fame game was, was dangerous. <laughs> Do you have an approach when it comes? Cause I, I read these B reporters. I, I follow a list on, on Reddit. I, I'm, I'm, I follow another group on, on Twitter there, but do you have an approach? Like, cause you read these beat reporters, some markets I know are super more optimistic about the team than others. It feels like some of the big cities are more cynical about their teams. And then the Midwest uh, <laughs> markets are more optimistic. Do you factor that in? Cause I have trouble sifting through some of these guys when they say, Oh, he looks great in camp or he looks horrible in camp. Yeah. Uh, it would be impossible for me to care less about like what some B reporter thinks a guy looks good. If he's playing well, if he looks, cause they, they, they really don't know. These guys aren't scouts. They're not coaches. What's interesting to me is who is running with the first team, who is in the slot, uh, who is getting the work on passing downs when they do goal line drills, which running back is getting a majority of the carries. I couldn't care less about some beat writer saying that X guy's having a great camp. Now, if every beat writer is saying it and coaches are saying it and they're saying it over a two to three week span, I think that's different, but like these one-off and people overreact so much. Oh, Joe Burrow threw four interceptions in practice. Let's knock him down <laughs> on our draft board. I mean, this, this is insanity. So, so yeah, I think uh, 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 for the most part, be writer opinions should be ignored, but usage stuff is is all that matters. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously that is the heart of fantasy is just who's going to get the most cut touches, who's going to get the most targets, and let volume uh, kind of uh, lead the way there. And yeah, I mean, in preseason, it's certainly 
it certainly gets pretty interesting. I mean, breaking down some of these reports, you mentioned Joe Burrow and and throwing a bunch of interceptions in practice. Is there a point where you start to factor in him struggling if he struggles in a preseason game? Because again, I, I've listened to your podcast. You're high on the Bengals because of the game script, Zach Taylor's offense, and and how they just keep things open, but. Are you worried as a former uh, Carson Wentz fan? I guess I'm just kind of hesitant to go in on Burrow just because I saw Wentz pre ACL, post ACL. How do you factor in stuff like that? Yeah, it's tough. I, I think a long time ago, or not even that long ago, maybe seven, eight years ago, ACL tear would just devastate me. I mean, I wouldn't even think about taking a guy off an ACL tear. I think that we've come a long way with ACL tear recovery, and guys are doing it now in nine months and getting to 100% in 10 months and the Joe Burrow thing. I mean, he didn't just tear his ACL. He tore his MCL also he had other damage in his knees. So yeah, I get it. It's scary for sure. The skill positions around Joe Burrow is just so outrageous. And like, you saw this, like Tom Brady was uh, at best average and, and probably <laughs> closer to like bottom 10% of the league his last year in new England. And then he goes to Tampa and he just lights it on fire. Cause he has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, and he has uh, one of the best offensive lines. And so I think people underestimate quarterback production when it comes to supporting cast. And I think that Joe Burrow has one of the best supporting cast at skill position. I think he's going to be healthy if it was if he was out there hobbling around. I mean, they cleared him 100% for camp. I don't think they would have done that if they didn't think that he was healthy. So I'm still optimistic on Joe Burrow. Offensive line's a concern, but they did make use three draft picks there. I think they're going to be a little bit better on the offensive line. But yeah, I mean, just having Chase... Uh, Higgins Boyd is just and Mixon is just it's gonna be hard, I think, for Joe Burrow to completely fall on his face. I'm I'm totally gonna steal that explanation for Daniel Jones. <laughs> he needs a better supporting cast. We have that better supporting cast. You know, this is the I, I think that I the people are gonna kill me for this. I, I I think that if they didn't give Daniel Jones Jason Garrett, he would be thought uh, of so differently. Like Jason Garrett is just a king dolt and and the way and what he's done to the giants offense and what he's trying to do is just a total disaster. I think their supporting <laughs> cast, I think now is actually good. Like if Sean McVay or, or, or I don't know, somebody sharp Joe had, Brady. Yeah. Some like uh, some well, offense like that, that's going to be throwing uh, the ball. I read those practice yeah. reports, a lot of comebacks, a lot of fades. This is, yeah. I was hoping for a new tomorrow. I think, <laughs> I think Joe judge is, I'm still hopeful that we're going to see a totally new offense week one. This is all. And and you know, you have major offensive line problems, like maybe one of the worst offensive lines in the entire league. And then you use the 19th overall pick on like a gadget guy slash fourth receiver. I mean, <laughs> you know, and you've already used a second overall pick on a running back, which was a disaster. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it, they're not making it easy on Daniel Jones. And I don't, I don't know if Daniel Jones is good or not. I just think he's set up to fail here. I regret bringing up the giants. Now I, I like the beginning <laughs> of the conversation. I don't like where it went. No, I mean, that's why I, Kramer. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy killing the giants, but for me, offensive line was their biggest weakness as a team. And they didn't really do much if at all to upgrade the offensive line. And that's, that's why it's tough to get <laughs> even, even a guy like Saquon who's coming back and everyone's high on him. But to me, I, I I'm not going to draft Saquon Barkley at all this year, just because where he's getting drafted, I just can't seem to pull the trigger one. I hate the giants, but two, I think coming back off that injury and the fact that they signed like a guy like Alfred Morris this late <laughs> into the, into the season. And the fact that they're signaling they're, they're trying to manage the expectations. Hey, he may not, may not be a full go early on. Where are you at with Saquon? 
Yeah, I, I think that they're trying hard to underpromise and overdeliver on his health. Like, what would be the upside of them coming out and saying that Saquon is healthy and ready to go? Like, oh, he can only disappoint from there. So by saying, oh, you know, we don't know if he'll be ready for week one, you know, he's taking it easy. Well, then if he comes out and plays well in week one, it's great. If he doesn't, then there's they don't they don't look bad at all. So I like the way they're playing with Saquon. I think he looks pretty healthy based on what I've seen on the videos and stuff like that. I think he'll be out there week one. And so I've seen him drop in drafts I and mean, people are scared. I've seen him drop in drafts to 12th, 14th, 15th. And I, and I would be taking him there uh, for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. To if me he that gets the second round, I, I think definitely, but first round, FFP, I, I'm still on the fence. I, I just FFPC main event. He, he's going 12th, like in, in managed league. Like it just seems like you're stealing. Yeah. And uh, I've seen those legs too. I watched the same videos, like <laughs> him running on the beach, getting look at, hyped. Look at his legs. Look at Burroughs legs. You tell well, me and, he's not ready. <laughs> and you want to talk about kind of the giants overall philosophy. They've signaled they want to extend Saquon oh, Barkley. So I don't think it's crazy for them who, Hey, we have so much invested. We plan to yeah. invest more in him to hold off on pushing him yeah. uh, early on because they're going to resign him. So I, I think there's, there could be something to oh. that as well. Oh, I think that's true. I think that he'll, you know, they'll try to ease him in 15 touches, 16 touches early on. But if they want to win games, I mean, you can't even compare what Saquon's going to give them versus the other guys. And so when they get out there and they're trying to win a game, I could see his, his snaps going up and up and up. But yeah, I think the plan will be to limit him early, you know, week one, week two, week three, 15, 16 touches. Yeah. Don't go crazy. Well, last time we had you on uh, last year, uh, we talked about uh, how to win the Millie Maker. You you wrote up a good uh, article, kind of breaking down the overall strategy. This year, you kind of went back to it and uh, and uh, did a little update on it. What was what was like the biggest finding a- after this uh, last year of data? Yeah, well, the quarterback position has changed a ton. I mean, as we have the influx of the rushing quarterback, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, um, Lamar Jackson and like all these guys now, you know, it's hard for a pure pocket passer to match these guys in both ceiling, which we are, we always knew, but now in consistency too, like it's really predictable. I mean, our projections were most uh, correlated in success to the quarterback position. I mean, we can really project well how quarterbacks are going to do. And so when you have guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, even Justin Herbert to some extent, I mean, they need a massive game to match what Kyler and Josh Allen and Lamar can do. And so I, you know, that's the biggest thing I used to spend down so much on DraftKings, try to spend as little as possible at quarterback. And now, I mean, in cash and tournaments, I'm playing, I'm typically spending 6,500, 7k or more, not just for the ceiling, but because of the predictability, like, I mean, floor ceiling combo and predictability at the quarterback position has gone up so, so, so much. And that's been a really, really big difference for sure. Recently in DraftKings. Yeah, no, I mean, I I always try and crowbar in a, a rushing quarterback, and again, because there's, it feels like every week when you're looking at the lineups, there's like six to eight guys that you know have a good chance to get like forty plus rushing yards, and it makes such a huge difference. And if you can find, again, that's why kind of a, a guy like Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts are are interesting in best ball because yeah. if you can find a guy that's getting drafted super late, or even uh, obviously uh, throw Trey Lance in there too. I was gonna say, shit, you've seen practice lately. <laughs> yeah, Trey, Trey Lance, Lance is just bending. Jimmy G over. <laughs> right. Just yeah. I don't, I, 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 I don't even think about taking anyone in this best ball stuff, except for fields, Lance and Taysom Hill late. Like my quarterback too. in like every league is fields, Lance or Taysom Hill. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, I'm team Jameis. So my heart, I, I my know. heart is with Jameis. I, I, but you're right. I mean, Taysom Hill, I think Taysom massive can hit the upside. Pad. Taysom can hit the pads a little better than Jameis did yesterday. Yeah. He's not going to get tripped up with the uh, tackling dummy. Uh, someone had a great comment saying he should pretend it's a, you know, cashier working at Publix bowl right through there. Uh, getting back to preseason, you guys also had a nice uh, piece on preseason DFS strategy in particular, the showdown slate. There are uh, obviously the Hall of Fame game is about to pop off here uh, as we're recording this, but there's a bunch of uh, one-off games in the preseason. And looking at the showdown slate, a couple interesting things that I, I picked up from reading the article. Obviously, uh, the idea of playing two defenses normally kind of crazy, probably in a regular season game, but it makes sense in DFS and also makes sense especially early. I mean, betting perspective, they can't make these totals low enough. I mean, they're even putting like 31 and a halfs out there and I, I still can't make a great case for the over. So the two defenses make sense. Uh, something that jumped out at me is basically avoiding the tight end position at all. What was the, what was the finding on that? Sure. And, and so what you need in these games where a median score for a fantasy player is like five or six points. If you have the guy who happens to get a 50 yard touchdown, like you win, that's it because yeah. there's not going to be very many plays in that game. And tight ends are almost incapable of getting a 50 yard touchdown. And so it's really hard to win with the tight end. They maybe can catch a touchdown and that would hurt if you have full fade on the tight end. But I think in the long run, in these one game slates, you know, the tight ends that are playing in these preseason games are like so unathletic and so bad. <laughs> um, it's really hard for them to go off. There's been exceptions, you know, Tanner Hudson comes to mind, had a huge, huge preseason at the tight end position. But overall, in these one game slates, I'm mostly just trying to for tournaments, I'm trying to mix in a wide receiver that I, you know, all the wide receivers, I'm trying to mix them in across and hope that I can find the guy who gets a one fifty yard touchdown tonight, because that's really going to be like all the scoring in the game. Yeah. Well, maybe another exception. I know you're a huge fan as well. XFL God, Donald Parham. Yeah. Uh, l the latest I've read is that he's kind of running with the ones. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the tight end situation in uh, Los Angeles, they brought in cook, but again, cook kind of seems maybe over the hill, but they brought him in, brought him in for a sure. reason. I, I, where are you at with Parham? Cause I, I'd love to see the guy uh, get out there and he had a couple touchdowns last year. Yeah, uh, I, I think that Jerry Cook's 34 years old and, and they're going to not use him every day in camp. So, like, of course, Donald Parham is getting reps with the ones in camp, you know, and that doesn't uh, mean too, too much to me. My initial thought is that it's a little thin in fantasy in most leagues, like 18 round leagues. I think it's a little thin to take Parham as <laughs> yeah. a part time tight end. But yeah, I mean, Jerry Cook's going to get hurt. Jerry Cook's going to miss games and Parham's going to play very, very, very well. I mean, the dude is just like legit good and really like a unique, unique athlete, six, eight and runs four, six. Like you just don't see it very often. And so I'm excited for when Donald Parham gets chances. You know, I, I know everybody brands me as the Donald Parham guy, which is cool, but I actually haven't taken him uh, at all in best ball this year. No, I mean, even, even I, who also Kramer and I are big oh, fans come on, guys. of Donald Parham, but I, even in best ball, he, I have trouble justifying taking a third tight end uh, in that situation, especially he pairs well with Travis Kelsey. I'll say that. Yeah. 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 
you can I like that because there's if Travis Kelsey doesn't have just an absolutely massive year and count for you almost every week in best ball, you're likely dead anyways after you use a first round pick on him. So I don't mind going last going round. Kelsey and like some last round tight end, maybe parm. Yeah, yeah. And best ball, depending on where your uh your draft position, but if you take Kelsey first, it's kind of nice to just not draft another tight end the entire draft you and then can't, you know, and then just you know, take a yeah. shot at uh the last round there. Uh, as far as a uh, preseason, do you ever have any, you have any uh, preseason sweats that you remember of, uh, of sweating out some preseason action that come to mind or, and, yeah. and, and when you play preseason, do you, is it a similar approach of a mix of mostly cash games? I feel like the cash games, maybe not as uh, not as plentiful or right. do you, or do you dabble in the, uh, the longer shot ones? No, you can't. I mean, I, I I was just checking before we got on here. I I hardly have like any cash action. I mean, nobody really wants to play um, cash during preseason and I get it, (laughs) uh, I guess. Um, So yeah, uh, I'll be in the tournaments for sure. Um, I, I, you know, I I think that this particular slate, the one game slates aren't the best for me to extrapolate my edge because uh, you know, it's not that much work for our enemies to look over two teams and try to figure out what's going on with two teams. Now give them 20 teams to look over on a preseason slate. And you know, that's a lot of work, uh, multiple days work. And so, yeah, I feel better about the bigger slates um, in terms of like uh, what some of the stuff I remember best from preseason was at the beginning, I, I think it was 2014 or, or 2015. Um, nobody was really playing preseason or, or, or talking about it very much. And and I was playing, I had Raheem Mostert who, you know, since became an actual NFL player, but at the time he was only uh, a strict backup and like barely making the team on the Eagles. And he was just going off. And I was actually playing poker. Uh, I forget where I was. I was either at maybe Borgata or Parks. I don't remember where I was. And Raheem Mostert just like breaks off a 40 yard touchdown run in the preseason. I just stand up and start going nuts. And everybody looks at me like <laughs> I, I, I just have like real problems. And, you know, I was explaining what first I had to explain what DFS was. Cause I think this was 2014. Then I had to explain what preseason DFS was. So yeah, those, then you those had to explain who Raheem Mostert was. Cause then I had to explain it, who Raheem Mostert was exactly. I, was that the same uh, Eagles preseason game that you had to sneak in the radio into the wedding uh, and get the, <laughs> get the one earring going, and listen to the game in well, Hawaii. Yeah. He makes fun of me. We were at my uh, buddy's wedding uh, or maybe it was, maybe it was a rehearsal dinner, but it was the first ever chip Kelly game, even mm-hmm. though it was a preseason game. I had to hear the live local radio broadcast. So I, well, I wanted to know what's the, yeah, there was so much hype about chip and his offense. I wanted to see if they were actually going to uh, pull the trigger on I it. I mean, that's what separates us from more <laughs> mortals. You know, we, the, the preseason, most people aren't even picking up the magazine yet. Sean. Well, that's what you do in Hawaii. You catch up on radio only broadcasts of a uh, preseason NFL. Cause you're a true uh, DJ only. All right. Well, uh, Adam, appreciate the time. Appreciate you calling in and uh, best of luck with the season. Obviously make sure you go check out establish the run and uh, get all their awesome products and uh, check out the podcast as well. I appreciate it guys. Thanks for having all me. Right. Good luck. Thanks a lot, man. Take it easy. All right. Later closing it out. Of course, uh, make sure you check out underdogfantasy.com. promo code S G P N head over there. Use that promo code to get a free $25 entry. Use it on Best Ball Mania 2 for your chance to win $1 million. Or there's a, uh, Ryan, there's a $5 puppy hmm. that uh, just put out $500,000 in prizes there, including, uh, I think, 100K to first. And there's a, uh, I mean, the puppy's cool, but there's a big dog tournament. Ryan, how have we not entered this? 
250 bucks, 100,000 to first 20 round draft, only uh 2.3 uh that or yeah, 2000 entries. So that uh that looks pretty fun. So tons of uh ways to get involved over at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN gets you a free $25 entry. I'll be in that uh, yeah. tonight. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're we're cranking off a bunch of uh underdog fantasy drafts in the old Slack channel. And again, hop in the Slack channel sure it's going to be popping off as uh, preseason games go live here and we uh we are in the midst the countdown to kickoff has begun check out the SEC preview podcast we just dropped as well so much content lfg thank you for participating in the sports gambling podcast for the sports gambling podcast I'm Sean second money green and he is Ryan enjoy your first bets of the season Sean Kramer let it ride <laughs>